0: Hey podcast listeners, how you doing today? Good? Good. You might be thinking something is a bit amiss, and you're absolutely right. Usually me and the boys would be here doing a show for you, but Cherba got sick, I fell behind on my work, and well, Nelson didn't actually give a reason, but he's generally overworked anyways. So the plan for this week is, while the three of us rest up and catch up, we're treating you fine folks to a blast from the past. This is a great episode from just a couple of weeks shy of four years ago. Episode 44. Yeah, we didn't even name the episodes back then, it was just a number. But it has some of our favorite guests like uh, Rim and Scott, Luke Burge, and hey, Adam is actually on here too. This was before Nelson became a regular co-host, so if you only listen for Nelson's slick New Yorkan accent, sorry. The three of us will be back next week for Acceptable Vices. We'll be doing the show while flying a dirigible in the game Guns of Icarus, which our friend Emily worked on. It'll be (laughs) really freaking fun. Until then, here is Friday Night Party Line, episode 44.
1: This is Friday Night Party Line, uh, episode 44, with uh, Scott Rubin. What's up? Luke Burridge. Hey, hey, hey from Berlin. <laughs> Rim.
2: Hello, hello from Queens.
1: Cherba. G'day, how you going? And I'm Victor, hailing from a uh, lovely glitzy town of L.A.
2: Blah,
3: L.A. I like it how Cherba didn't need to say where he was from, he just had to say, day. G'day. G'day. <laughs> because oh, no, oh, other, because
1: yeah. no yeah. other country in the
2: entire world says good day.
4: He could have said oi. Not uh, Jewish oi, but like oi.
2: Ah, but Welshmen also say oi. Yep. Oh snap! <laughs> you're
4: right. right.
2: <laughs>
1: so I'm not next, but so how about that rapture?
2: I'm looking forward to it. You know, I got a lot of work to do. I got a deadline for a convention we run. I got to get all the scheduling stuff in. So I'm really glad I don't have to do any of that.
3: Yeah. Well, the whole rapture. Let, we'll just clear this up. 21st of May has been predicted. I can't
4: remember the guy's name now, but it's... Um... I'd, I've, I have actually never heard the guy's name. I just keep hearing the guy.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's well, always the like, trick... this guy. Yeah. What amazes me is that I was just reading like all the details of it, and supposedly at midnight at the international dateline, there will be an earthquake every hour in each time zone to signal the beginning of it. Like, I wish uh-huh. I was making that up.
3: Oh, huh. Oh, that's his name. Harold Camping. Now, here's the thing. Harold Camping, a few years ago, he said that I reckon this is the time, you know, using his weird kind of mathematics and calendar-based... Wait, wait, did did he reckon... Hold on
1: a second, wait a second. Did he reckon the reckoning?
3: No, he reckoned for (laughs) the reckoning, yeah. So, but the thing is, he actually said quite a few years ago, maybe 10 years ago, like 98 or something, he said, this is when... I think that I've worked out is going to be the day that Jesus is coming back. But he never said, God has told me that Jesus is coming back this day. He just says, you know, by my reckoning, this is when the end of the world is going to happen. But this time out, he's not done the, hey, I'm hedging my bets. This is what I think. He's not saying that. He's like, no, this is really what's happening. So he's he's getting more and more committed to his own numerology. He he was unsure. Well, not unsure. He was sure what was going to happen. But it it wasn't like inspired by God. But this time... It's inspired by God that this, he's really worked his maths out correctly now. Don't ask so, me how he worked out his maths. but
2: <laughs> Happily, I, you know, I work in Manhattan, like right in Midtown, and in Grand Central, right under in the subway station, the people from this church, the people who believe this, are there every day with signs. I have bothered them every time I have passed them for like three weeks, and it has been enjoyable. I'll just be like, hey, can I have all your money? Hey, well, what are <laughs> you, you doing two Saturdays from now? Oh, what if it doesn't happen? You want to come and meet? We can talk. Just remember this moment. Remember this moment.
5: <laughs>
2: I think I've been I just, with... At work, I think... we've been
4: making some really funny jokes. Like, they put up signs uh, on Friday uh, that there's going to be a fire drill. And I'm like, oh, a fire drill, huh? We'll be, we'll be very prepared. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think the, the one I really got, this one woman, finally, I was like, look, if you give me all the money in your wallet, I will believe that you are legit. But because you won't give it to me, I'm not convinced that you actually believe you're hedging your bets. And she hesitated like she was going to give me her money. And then someone else came over and like hushed her away. And then that was the end of it. So anti-climaxed. Uh, pussies. But today, I think
3: this is what you call cognitive dissonance.
2: But yes. today there was this homeless guy and he was kind of crazy, but he gets mad points. He is my guy of the day because mm-hmm. he walks over to them and he's like, come on, man, spare a quarter. God don't need it, but I should do.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and there was this cop just watching just laughing like he was laughing so hard he almost fell off his segway, <laughs> segway. oh yeah the cops uh, all around segways in new york it's kind oh, of really i, I
4: haven't, I haven't don't... seen a single cop on a segway that's new to me do
2: they a still have ago, horse police
3: i think segways are taking over from the horses no i don't know no, the thing is about horses they're good for riots and shit like that because mm, they're tall yeah, well, they stay above, the, stay above the crowds. No, a few years ago, uh, two birthdays ago, my friends here in Berlin bought me an off-road Segway adventure tour. And I haven't taken it yet because I'm just too busy. But one day I've got this, I've got this voucher with me and one other person. We can go on an off-road Segway tour. With no, it's going to be horrible. What's that?
2: that? If that is how you die.
3: <laughs> no, it's, if, if I die by Segway... I will die a happy man because I'm like, holy shit, I'm I'm on the Segway! And I'm going off a cliff. Like the guy who was on the the Segway distribution. Just
4: just part of the rapture, right? Because, I mean, apparently all the the good people are going to go to heaven right away. But
3: Uh, It's
2: not about goodness.
4: We're going to suffer in lava and fire and hell on Earth. Well, he said
2: until September or October we're going to have to deal with all this BS and then God's going to just, like, whop out the Earth. Right, so another no, 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 seven years it's on years.
4: Earth until the fall, and then we're gonna go to actual hell. And it's like, why not just go to actual hell right away? All the so wait a minute, wait a minute,
1: wait a minute. minute. Right you today. so wait a minute. You evicted the good tenants, and then you let this other hell kind of move in just to evict it and push us all with it? Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, like at least so, the
2: humanist club in New York is having an end of the world, the Christians are gone party on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, <it's not laughs> so you know, crazy. I'm kind of
1: I'm really like, freaking surprised. I mean, usually there's, you know, a rather large amount of you know crazy religious folk on campus whenever these kinds of ooh you know here comes the end of the world kind of events happen. But there's been not, none of them around campus. They must have already they're been taken in, up.
4: They're all in New York. Uh, the, Wait, are you like, say, are
1: you saying are you saying the rapture is uh, is staged? You know, it's just you know, I don't know, really Luke. Staged. Are you seeing any? Know.
4: Are you seeing any of these people in Berlin?
6: Like around?
3: Wait a second, Chuba. What were you trying to say there? Because I, I, you got to speak up to get in
6: with these with these guys. They talk too much. <laughs> oh, that's all good. I was just saying, who's up for looting on Monday?
1: <laughs> looting? Yeah, <laughs> let's do
4: it. Uh, well, you know, if the you know, rapture,
1: you know, I'll be. looting. You know, everybody, everybody else in my office is uh, either Christian or Catholic. So you know what? There's a good ten thousand dollars per sand up there in my up there in the server room.
2: I've got mm. it. I've got it. Blow up dolls plus helium plus Saturday night. <laughs>
1: You know what? <laughs> you know no. this combined with that whole this combined with the whole alien thing. Uh, I think I'm gonna have. I think my week is uh, gonna oh, be pretty. I'm calling New nice. York
2: one Sunday night and telling them that I saw a strange UFO with eight lights in a triangle I'm going, over Manhattan.
1: I'm going to be calling KTLA, otherwise known as the Fox News station that did that anonymous story with the van that blew up. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> Guys, well, I've so, got no
1: idea what you're talking about. No, S- Scott, US, uh, yeah, New York, you New Yeah, are you seeing any of these
4: crazy people on like the streets of Berlin?
3: I think there's this one guy, Harold Camping, maybe a few other people. I reckon this is as many people believe this is actually true as, say, the, you know, what's the the Baptist, what's the call, what they call them, the Baptist church, the crazy ones, the God hates facts ones. uh, Oh, Whisperer's Baptist, yeah. (laughs) Westboro Baptist Church is that's like probably. this very small group of crazy people who happen to be, you know, who catch the attention of the news for good reason. You know, I think they yeah. should catch the attention of the news and that's what they're aiming for and that's what they do. So, you know, it's, it's good all around. You know, the news people have their stuff to, you know, do talk about and the atheists have and all the rational people have their things to rally against. And the Westboro Baptist, it's like a game that everyone's playing. And I think that's the same thing that's happening here. You've got one guy who's put out this declaration that the rapture will happen this Saturday. It's gonna get a huge amount of press, and it is getting amount of press. But I reckon it's only him and a few crazy people in some visible places that are actually taking it even slightly seriously. Well, I, nobody the else thing is,
4: is I was in, I was eating lunch outside in, in a private slash public park. Uh, yeah, you know, a week ago, and we're sitting there, and this was like the day that the crazy people came out. Hmm. It was like big day, and they drove a fleet, a literal fleet of RVs down the road right next to the park. There were at oh. least at least 12 to 14 yep. giant Winnebago's, one of them incredibly <laughs> enormous, and they all had the, like, stickers completely covering the body of the Winnebago's on all sides saying, May 21st is the day, beware.
1: Oh, the silk screening then, now huh?
4: Yeah, so there's, there's all, you know, there's, I think there are more, because the Westboro Baptist Church okay. is like less than 100 people, okay. right?
3: Uh, okay, maybe, maybe it's a, a slightly different order of magnitude. So may, maybe instead of it's like 20 a few, people... I think
4: it's a few hundred. As yeah, both. that's what I'm
3: saying. It's maybe not 20 people, but 200 people, or at the most, 2,000 people. But when you actually look at the population of any city block in New York, even that's not a lot of people. Well, maybe for a city block. I'm not sure how many people are in a city block in New it's, York. It's but, definitely you know.
4: less than one person per city block by a lot.
3: Yeah, by a lot. That's what I'm saying. It's still, even if you're just considering New York and who you've seen, just a very few people, like 12 people in Winnebago, or maybe 20, or maybe 200 people in Winnebago is still absolutely tiny. So I'm not saying that it's nothing. I'm just saying that it's a lot, lot less than the people who look at maybe 2012 and go, oh, the Mayan calendar. You know, that's one of those things that is. is, I'm not saying anyone believes that either, but it's... You what
1: know, I am excited oh, about. There though. are people that do believe that because I've heard tell from oh. either coworkers or friends that they have relatives that are just blowing their lives away because hey, you know, 2012 is coming. You know, world's going to end. You know, whatever. Yeah, I'm not.
3: I'm not sure about that, but whatever. Again, Next I'm so. Years, bu- like One of my coworkers well. said that his Go
4: uncle on. really believes it, or his uncle-in-law, that the mm. 21st is the day.
3: Sagan Choba, I missed that.
6: Um. The next two years is like the rapture world tour. It seems like every <laughs> single end of the world prediction is happening like in the next two years. Then
3: they must but be
4: right. This, they can't but be they waste.
3: said the same thing. They said the same thing with the millennium turning over, ninety nine to two thousand. <laughs> we had just as much crazy shit, just as much, if not more, because we had the whole Y two K stuff going on. So all like the tech nerds were going, "Oh, Y two K You know. So we had that whole other technological stuff. We don't have anything like that in twenty
1: twelve. It's all you know weird stuff. Boy, did I take advantage of Y two K?
3: Yeah. <laughs> what did you do?
1: New Year's Eve that day, me little kid me. Went down into the basement. We had a ton of family over, right? We had I, like, like at least 30 members of the family over in our house. I went down to the basement. I had my watch. I stood by the circuit breaker. Clock struck midnight. Ka-chunk. That's a good move. <laughs> oh, dude. That's, That's awesome.
6: completely different to the way that I was taking advantage back then. Because, you know, here's 12-year-old Cherba. I just went to the local print shop, got a bunch of them printed out with my allowance, and then just fly-papered the whole neighborhood with flyers saying, oh, are you uh, Y2K compliant? Prepare. I can help you. $30, and I'll fix your computer up for the Y2K bug. And I'll bet there is still someone to this day in the area which I used to live who absolutely believes I saved them from Y2K. (laughs) What's
2: interesting is that I I worked at IBM, and actually there were a lot of things that had to be fixed, or the factory Mm. might have actually blown up.
3: Yeah, I had a friend in <laughs> in, uh, in the UK who said uh, he actually earned quite a lot of money in like that year beforehand going around and testing things that belong to, you know, like water companies and things like that. And he would go around and there was one, there was this one water treatment thing that they did the test and they realized that at midnight on that night, it would have flooded the water supply with some like toxic fluoride mix or, you know, whatever it is, some Whoa. big, you know, big, maybe Deezer. not fluoride, but whatever it was, it would have happened. And that was the only thing that they found in a whole year. But that's the way that they could justify getting paid a shit ton of money to go to all of these different installations, you know, these different water <laughs> <Yeah>. treatment <laughs> plants and stuff. I, the only thing that affected my life is that I actually had an AOL um, email account at the time, AOL Online. Oh, and man. the date switched from 99 to 100. So it, that was what <laughs> happened. So on my computer, my Windows Three point one one for work groups or whatever it was. Yep. Yeah, it's it switched for ninety nine. Well, no, maybe it was Windows ninety eight. But I think actually then I had a computer that I had online with AOL, which wasn't on Windows ninety eight yet because. Mm. You know, it only been out two years, and maybe I didn't have a CD drive, and I didn't want to buy twenty nine floppy disks. To, to am I am <laughs> I the
4: only person who's actually legitimately concerned for like some of these crazy people? Because it's like I see like I, I've seen mm. children walking around with their parents with these crazy signs. I'm and not I've concerned seen, you know, for the
1: adults. I'm concerned for the children. To be quite even, honest, but even
4: but even the adults, it's like are they gonna like? There might be some people who like kill themselves, or maybe they already spent all their money on Winnebago, and now what are they gonna do? And it's like you know they're just. I mean, let's face it, they're incompetent, you know, not smart people who have been deceived by that is the true. guy yeah. with but, the T V channel. You know it's what? not like they did it to themselves. They're just you know, they're they're not the brightest. You know what? And they got call they got me rolled.
1: A, call me a bastard, but you know what, it I see those adults and if I if they go ahead and they commit suicide or, you know, they ruin themselves, I can't I mean, I feel bad that they did that to themselves. But at the same time, you know, they're adults. They really should, you know, at least be a little bit skeptical about this sort of shit. I mean, I feel I feel the biggest victims, if there are fam- you know, knowing there are families out there that are like this, I feel the biggest victims are, you know, the kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, guys,
3: just to, I mean, you probably may know my bit about my story. You know, I was brought up in a very hardcore Christian mm. home. I actually led. I I wasn't just part of them. But I actually led like Bible studies about the rapture and about the end of the world and about the different ideas that are in it, you know, sort of like, you know, the, the, the pre-tribulationists and the mid tribulation and the post-tribulationist raptures and things like that, and when God will be coming back and well, not so much when, but what you do and all this different kind of stuff. So this this was actually a big part of my childhood and something that I actually really believed in. I did believe that Jesus was coming back and the rapture would happen. And of course, like everyone since the last 2000 years, since the Bible was written, believed that it would be happening in my lifetime. You know, actually, if you read the Bible... You can realize that people, when the Bible was written, thought that Jesus was coming back and then he didn't. So then you can actually find evidence in the Bible and they go, Oh, well, yeah, he's coming back soon. Oh, no, but not yet. Oh, no, but he'll come back <laughs> when at least one person alive here is still alive. So as long as one person is alive, Jesus can come back and that it won't be too late. And then it's like, Oh, Jesus has come back, but he's come back in your heart. And you're like, Oh, okay. oh. So that's the whole sort of like. When did you know, that happen? Oh, no, this was in, the, this was in the, the hundred years, like in the first century, you know, up until the, you know, in the time that Mark and, and Matthew and Luke were being written, or the whole idea that Jesus was going back. Oh, no, it's a big thing. Everyone thought Jesus was going no. back and he was going to save him. And, and at the time it was like, oh, no, Jesus has come back, but he's come back as the Holy Spirit. And, you know, the sort of realized eschatology of that kind of stuff. No, but this is this is what you can find in the Bible. And, mm-hmm. and so for literally 2,000 years people have been thinking this. And it's only I mean, it's damaged a few people. But, you know, as someone who's brought up in a Christian, I, I do know what it's like to believe this kind of stuff. But in a wider world, there is this compartmentalization that happens in people's minds. And there is this, you know, you know, cognitive dissonance that comes Sunday morning. Jesus hasn't come in back. Ninety nine percent of the people will just go, oh, and they won't admit it to themselves that they're wrong, but they'll go back to their normal lives again. They'll, they'll have all these different kinds of things that they do in their head. They'll be going like, oh, yeah, what happens that Jesus was going to come back? But we, you know, we were <laughs> unworthy. We did it. No, yeah, we weren't unworthy or we did a good job and we warned the world and people stopped sinning and then, then said so Jesus didn't have to come back anymore. And there's loads of different excuses that they come up with and it'll only be the 1% of, like, the super crazy people. But Harold Camping, he'll just either say, oh, yeah, he'll come up with a good excuse or he won't, but nobody will care about that. He'll just lose credibility and it'll only be the of the...
4: No, he won't lose credibility because he's actually, according to some atheists I met on the street... Uh, a second, guys, it's like, guys, there's someone
3: at my door. Keep talking, I'll be in the second. Right.
4: According to some people from like the New York Atheist Club, they said that the same guy did the same thing like in the 90s and he then had an excuse. So it's like what he didn't lose is he
1: credit making off of this. Is he is he, is he selling any products or anything or them, what?
4: According to them, he has a TV station. So I guess because
1: a station, it, a whole yeah. station yeah, a little
6: family TV station. I think it is literally called uh, family TV or something. Yeah, so he has like a TV station. That. Jesus. So
4: this increases his ratings and thus increases his ad sales.
6: Hmm.
4: Or he really yeah. believes that it's possible. He could be a true believer. It's also possible. Well, the only
2: thing that really fascinates me about this, and I'm kind of looking forward to it, is that you know, cynical me. This is the first time a big one of these has happened in the current interneted modern media world where there are tons mm-hmm. of reporters and people following all of these people around to capture the exact moments when it yeah, doesn't I, happen.
4: I really want to see and study the reactions of these people when nothing happens. It'll be so like
2: Ralph in that happens, episode of The Simpsons. It'll be a Rim, of awesome.
6: there is, uh, Rim, there is something you can do here to actually help out you really need to recommend Jesus to your Fios provider because, I mean, it took him three days to respawn the first time. It's... <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh,
6: but in all honesty, I am somewhat concerned for these people, I suppose. Not so much because I think many of them are going to kill themselves because no, might, of the impending other, They might do
4: other things.
6: But yeah, a lot of people are going to be ruining themselves because they honestly think that this is the end. And come Sunday morning, yeah, sure, it's going to all be a bit of a big laugh for us. But there's going to be a lot of people who are financially rooted. They mm-hmm. have practically no money left. They've, you know, they've sold up their house. I've heard of one woman who sold up her house and's cruising around in a Rapture Ready car and everything else.
3: I'm sorry, Sunday Rapture morning, Ready. Yeah, go back again. We go back a step. What was that? <laughs> it's got, it's not um, Is there home.
1: like is there like a certification needed? Okay, this vehicle <laughs> is officially raptured. You are you're prepared. Don't worry about it. It will survive the lava flows. You'll be okay.
3: No, 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 wait. Wait. We need we need She's the Google cars. To... We need the Google cars that drive themselves. So when we get raptured out of them, they'll just go <laughs> and they'll be like, "No problem. We can take over from here and they can go and park themselves up somewhere safe." That's what we need. <laughs> Jesus will come back when we're all driving the
1: Google cars that drive themselves. Can you hold on yeah. these wonderful segue points until we can actually segue to them? We, can segue. we could have They've segwayed if segway. you hadn't said that. Uh, all
3: right. Oh, is this one of the topics? Well oh, it if... is one of the topics? Yay! Hey, <laughs> okay, well, segway, segway.
1: Okay, segway. All right, well.
6: Segway, he's just falling off a cliff.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Prometheus was punished by the gods for giving. All right. Um. Mm. So, uh, wonderful segue. So, uh, yeah. Everyone knows that uh, everyone else is a worse driver than they are, particularly during the Rapture. Um, So, what if we took humans out of the equation? Well, Google has been yeah (laughs) yeah, uh, out of the Rapture, which is going to happen. Well, Google has been silently lobbying to allow robots to drive on Nevada public roads. How do you feel about this during the Rapture?
4: I definitely think Nevada is the place to start because they have mostly big, open, empty roads that are mostly yeah
2: long, straight roads. Like (laughs) not a lot of uh, cars on. Even though supposedly Google has tested these in like cities and in very complex and dense urban environments as well. And so far, oh, yeah. not only do they already have an error rate lower than humans, but they have never caused an accident.
1: Yeah, I mean, apparently, according to the article, one of the uh, guys I was developing it used it to um, use one of these, um, you know, cars, self-driving cars to drive his 40 mile commute between uh, his house and uh, I'm sorry, his 50 mile commute. Uh, between Berkeley and Google's headquarters in Mountain View over 1,000 miles, oh, for like over 1,000 miles. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I mean, it's
4: probably things... a route that, you know, it learned very, very well because... No, but, know, but
3: the point is most people drive the same route every day. Route ah. every day. Route, yep. route,
6: whatever. Route. It's up to uh, you. Fair enough.
3: Ch- but what does routing mean for
6: you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I should explain that since I've already used rooted in the slang. I know, that, once that's, that's why class. I thought about it. <laughs> Um, well, to give you the family-friendly explanation, um, rooting is a slang word that here that basically means the same as, um, oh hell, it, basically it means having sex, uh, um, though in the colloquial it. sense it's much closer to the F in word. In usage anyway, to the F word, yes. It's okay. the F word you used in front of your grandmother.
3: What I'm saying is Google really knows a lot about me because I do the same kind of thing every day. I log into Google Reader and I read my RSS feeds and I get the emails and it knows who, like, you know, the priority email and stuff like that. It knows yep. what's important to me and it knows what isn't. It gives me, it gives me um, uh, adverts, which I block anyway, but it, it probably gives me the perfect adverts. You know, it, it knows how to sort out my life for me. It knows what I'm doing. Uh, Google Latitude know, with-
2: knows where I work. It figured it out after about two weeks of turning it <laughs> yeah. on.
4: Yeah, but what, yeah, I, exactly. what I'm sa- what I was saying though is not that Google. I know Google knows a lot about any individual person. What I'm saying is that Google knows even more about the area close to Google. Right? No, exactly. Which, That's what I'm saying. But so just it,
3: imagine, like everyone's using their, like everyone now is using. If you got like an Android phone, Rim, you just got an Android phone, didn't you? Yep. Yeah. So you're going to use that. You're going to just have that on. I'm not sure if it's tracking you or not. But you know, it is. Just I the, use you, Google Latitude. Okay but you just going to work and back you know on your bike, it knows what where you need to get around the city it knows the places you go to and it it'll work out the routes which are more important to other people so I think this is not just important for the cars of course self driving cars is really handy, but just knowing where people want to get to. just imagine if Google was like okay instead of doing instead of doing cars where you, um, you know, you're like, okay, I want to get from here to here with my car. And you call up and a Google car comes and picks you up or you just get into it. It's like a Google taxi kind of thing. Imagine that you don't even need to tell Google where you want to get to. You just turn up and there's a Google car waiting for you and going, hey, you normally want to go here at this time of day, and you're like, "Oh yeah, shit, I do." How do you know that? Because that's what Google does to me. This, the, you know, these days with my emails and shit like that, it's it's like a step ahead of me. And like on YouTube videos, it knows exactly what to recommend. And you know, with the with the with the RSS feeds, it says, "Hey, you're like this," and all these different things that Google is awesome at. Just imagine if it goes, "Hey." Normally, like we've got this email, like if I turn up outside my front door and I want to get a taxi to the airport, imagine me turning up outside my front door and Google going, hey, yeah, we checked your email and you got this itinerary through and we know that you're going to fly out here because you know Google has that airplane software now as well, hasn't it? I, I think they bought yeah. that too. So just imagine if I, if I turn upside and I think I'm going to get a taxi and Google is like, hey, we've got a car here for you. It's free or it costs as much as the taxi or whatever. You know, they just link up these different businesses. How and that's is that? Car-
4: what are we going to do when the taxi driver's union is like, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Well, that's... Oh, that's sorry, the, Is this... I'll say this. The technology
2: aspect of this, like the the driving cars and everything, I mean, that's a given. Technology gets better at an exponential rate, and this is going to solve a lot of problems. Like, what do we do about old people who can't physically drive anymore? It's a great way to get people around. but. Oh, yeah. The legal problems are far greater than the technological problems at this point, and it saddens me that Google, as a private company, has to lobby the government to update the laws to deal with technology. The laws can't just be updated on their own. I mean, little things like do you really need an open container law in a car that drives itself or a talking while driving law? Uh, Um, What's
6: what's an open
3: container? In this case, you probably cannot.
2: In the U.S., you cannot have an open container of alcohol in any moving vehicle, even if you're a passenger, even if the car's parked, you just can't have it.
3: You know, that makes sense of so many movies that I had no idea what they were moaning about. <laughs> <laughs> and now it all makes sense.
2: I'm like, oh, well, well here, here's
4: another question, right? Let's say, because, you know, even if the software is really good, the car drives really well with less accidents than people, right? If, if suddenly, if everyone went out the, tomorrow and bought one of these cars, there would be at least one accident tomorrow, right? And now, since... You- Oh, I see yeah, this. There's you're no just way.
6: increasing the number of cars on the road that are using this system naturally that just increases the chance that something that's going to go wrong
3: so
4: who is liable is it the driver because it does have a manual yes the driver system.
3: yeah the driver is Matt, driver. the driver
4: but, but no In... wouldn't google be liable because no. google no, was the driving driver. the car
3: No, the driver. Um, If I if I get if I get if I open a spam mail and I start sending out spam, Gmail is not responsible. I'm responsible for what I do. And in the in the case of
4: what if the car is owned by Google, like it's a taxi? Yeah, it doesn't matter. Uh, It doesn't matter. If If I have
1: a ride on if I have a ride on lawnmower and I run over Buddy and chop him up into little bits, it's not Cadet that's going to be liable. It's me.
4: No, but the lawnmower, what if it's a Roomba lawnmower and I turn it on and it's mowing my lawn on its own and it mows over the kid next no, no, door? No,
1: no, no. There's a difference.
3: There's a difference between a Roomba, uh, which is like something that bumps into your into your couch and changes direction, and a car driving. That's a stupid analogy. What we're talking about here he's is to do, your...
1: I think he's trying to make the analogy between the robotic control of it. No, no, no.
3: But the point yeah, is Yeah, I mean, what, you, it, like, what if, if a Google way... car
2: is delivering a package between two people— and they rent the car from a third person, no one's in the car, and the car hits a kid.
3: No, the, the, at the moment, they're not wanting cars that drive without human supervision. Oh, no, I but mean. that will happen. No, it will happen in the Someone future. Someone will put a sandbag
1: in the driver's seat to fool the driver's seat sensor and send a car along.
3: Uh, it, it, the point is that if it's your car and it's driving and you're sitting behind the wheel, they're not going to let any, these cars do anything without somebody sitting behind the wheel with their foot near the brake, their hands near the wheel. I mean, that's that's the situation that we have at the moment. Any other but things if that you happen- have
4: to if- sit like that, then what's the point of even having it robotically controlled? Because it's Cause- safer. Well,
6: yeah. And plus you, can, you can do whatever you like while it's driving. I don't know. Work on your laptop.
4: Bagel, but then I'm not paying attention, log. so it, where, it, what's the point?
1: The whole point is not having to pay attention, drive. <laughs> especially, I can see a, a tremendous value in this. For example, me driving from Los Angeles to Seattle for PAX, for instance. I could see a tremendous value in this because if I don't have to worry about, oh, gee, you know, the speed limit has changed from 70 miles per hour suddenly down to 40 or, you know, Jesus Christ, that truck driver just slammed his brakes. If I don't have to worry about that, I, th- the entire process would be so much nicer. I can kick back and read a book. I can play on my DS. I can work on my laptop. It's what called the bus.
3: About? The point <laughs> is that... No, but a bus I-
1: is so stupid because it takes forever. I look... No, How does it take not, forever? Not on the East Coast. <laughs> on the West Coast, it does. <laughs> That's
4: yeah, <sad>. but- <laughs> you're moving living in the wrong place. <sighs> Guys, you're I missing guess, the point. Guess, this, anyway. is not,
3: this is not a taxi. Sir. When I was saying about getting a taxi... The point is that, like, I was just taking that to the next, like, to the next step, but that's not the step where we're at now. We're at the step where there has to be human supervision because we don't oh, yeah. have laws, we don't have ethics. The only way that we can deal with cars moving, I mean, even trains, all trains have drivers except the ones at the airport, you know, the shuttle that goes, like, from the car park to the airport and between terminals. They are Actually- automated.
2: There are a couple of automated subway lines that are being worked on in New York, and there's going to be a time very soon where there will be a couple of subway lines where there are no people on them running Okay.
3: Them. Okay, that's fair enough. But what I'm talking about now is is cars. I, 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 we can talk about yeah. the future, and in the future, well, there will be cars driving around with no drivers at all. We're still a long. I mean, the the technology is probably there. These Google cars could you could probably just say, "Oh, drive from here to here," and it could probably do it, no problem at all, with no accidents. But that's not where we are. Well, I,
2: well, I now. guess here's my point: that where we are now, the technological argument of you know when will it be this, when will it be this, isn't as interesting to me as the arguments about how we will get society to accept it. Because say the cars now, we just we put them out there, everyone gets one, and they have an accident, a fatality rate of, you know, one per 100,000 miles. And maybe humans have a fatality rate of one per 10,000 miles. Completely
4: made up numbers.
2: Yeah, completely made up. There is no way any of you can convince me that the public will not freak the ever-living crap out about those few deaths from the Google cars compared to the millions of deaths that humans cause. Oh, no. I totally safer, agree with you. I
3: totally agree with you. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. That's where we are now. You still have to have a single human person, human being, who is responsible for the control of the car. And they have to be in the car when it's driving, they have to be in the driving seat. And that's, right. there's never going to, the Google is never going to be able to license this technology unless there's somebody sitting behind the wheel. Don't say never. Not reading a book. No, <laughs> I, I'm saying with, yeah, okay. Never with the current climate. I'm saying this okay. is not Google is not wanting cars to drive around by themselves. They are wanting self driving cars, and there's a much bigger difference between self driving cars and unoccupied self driving cars. I think. That's right, so the what? Difference.
4: So when there is a car that you know no one has to drive it, it just it's you know it's on
6: its own. <laughs> they already if had a car com- that nobody had to drive it. It was if called that- the Ford Edsel.
4: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 but I mean. I mean you know, when there's no driver, there isn't even a steering wheel, right? When we get to that point, if the car gets in an accident and it hurts or kills someone or just causes property damage, is who's responsible? The person who made I the car? I think the answer is very simple. The person who owns the car? The person who programmed the car?
2: I think the answer is very simple. If I buy a roto router and I use it correctly and it freaks out and kills someone... And it's clearly not an action I took, that it was just a flaw, it made a mistake somehow, you know, in its little roto rotor brain. It's the manufacturer's liability.
4: So now that means that let's pretend Google becomes, you know, buys Ford and becomes the auto manufacturer. They but they won't.
2: They'll license the technology to that. Ford, thereby having a chain of custody whereby Ford is responsible right. for but all But the it.
4: point is, is that Ford will basically have to buy auto insurance on every car and we won't so, have to buy any auto insurance. Yeah, they'll, yeah, they'll, they'll have to still buy auto nobody- insurance
2: for our own car, because if my car has, you know, most likely, their auto insurance would cover it causing damage to other people, but not the damage it caused to itself. Mm. That's my guess.
1: I think I, in these kind of situations it would be, the, it should be the owner of the vehicle that's responsible. Nah, mm. not the owner.
0: Actually, well, I, don't, you know, the I, I don't mean, I don't,
1: well, I'm sorry, let me let me redact that. In situations where it is not very clearly a problem, like a programming problem with the car, where it can be conclusively proved that it is not a problem, Problem with you know the programming of the manufacturing of the car that it's not a defect, then it should be the complete liability of the owner. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right. But I don't, don't think have that would
3: these happen. Questions with air crash investigation, there was always this big thing: who is responsible? Is it human error? This is these big things with car- with uh, plane crashes. Well, I read this a th- great th-
2: study recently that showed that something like ninety nine percent of auto accidents in the U.S. are human error. There's almost well, no other well, cause of accidents.
3: Exactly. Like, okay. But the point is, with airlines, it's a different thing because human error. Is been reduced because these guys are trained like shit hot. You know, the guy, what's his, Sully Selfberg or what his name was. who landed in the Hudson River. What was yeah. his name? Sully? Uh, Sully no, something. Sully. Sully Sullenberger. Like that. I mean, this guy's shit hot. There was nothing wrong with him. That was not to do. I mean, it was uh, bird strike and stuff like that. But they can, they, these guys, the, the um, air crash investigators bring it down to these such tiny little things. And it's like, okay. okay. If the sensor reader says this is human error, and if it doesn't say that, it's down to a maintenance error, and that can be held responsible to the company. And then the company has to pay out this insurance. Well, not insurance. You know, all these different things, and they have to be fine, you know, all these different things like that. And I that's think a big that's a very that's
2: apt analogy. For example, yeah. if I own the, if I have a Google car, and I don't maintain the tires, and I override it telling me the tires are bad, and it crashes, it's my fault.
3: So the point is we have this already. We have precedent already with, with airline uh, stuff. And that's and again, it comes down to the same thing. Planes can take off, fly, and land themselves. Nobody is ever going to let them do that. There's always going to be that human guy there because we need to have that, well, not that, Ultimate responsibility, but this, a lot of the time, that's what we need as human beings. We're well, not human beings in society at the moment. Let me put it that way. At the moment, that's what we need, and I think there's there's that we would have that kind of thing. Like sometimes, like when the w- the Concorde crashed, was human. Air, you know, when it crashed into the hotel in in France when it was taking off from Charles de Gaulle Airport. I actually um on a cruise of, uh, a few years ago. I was talking to uh, no, I wasn't talking. I did speak to him, but there was this guy on there who was a uh, who, who gave this presentation. He was a Concorde pilot for thirty years, and he showed pretty much exactly that it was nothing to do with Concorde. It was down to human error. It was overweight. It was eight tons overweight. They weren't taking off into the wind to save time. They took off away from the wind. Um, there was too much fuel in one of these fuel tanks, and it was actually something on the on the air, uh, on the air, uh, on the runway which. They went over it and it and it flicked up and it and it shot this bit of plane uh, this previous plane that had gone down a bit of a bit of metal had dropped off it and it flicked up and it and bounced off and then weakened a fuel tank and then it burst into flames. But none of that would have happened if they'd have not loaded up eight tons worth of extra baggage and then in a hurry taken off. Not into the, like away from the wind, rather than into the wind, and all these different things. It was like, and you think, oh, it was a mechanical error, but actually, no. The air crash investigation they worked out that it was actually down to human error, judge, judgment calls of human error. And I think if you get cars that are driving themselves, you'd have to, you'd bring, they would be able to bring down each incident down into that different kind of thing. Um I mean, that's the way that I look at it.
2: I mean, I, I pretty much agree. But really, the only thing that bothers me is that. Private companies have to say, hey, the law is not keeping up with technology. We made a technology, change the law, and use money and lobbying to do that. We never have legislators saying, hey, technology's moving. Maybe we should change the laws to deal with this moving technology.
4: Yeah. I mean, you know, just in general, we have a government and a society that is holding us back. And I think what we need right now is we need a, a government that drags people kicking and screaming into the future uh, against, is- you know, because it, it's really the technology is just moving so fast. And it's getting better and better, but we're being denied basically because it's a it's a world of luddites.
3: So we, you no, know, is we it, can... What what are the things that we're be de- being denied then, Scott? What uh, do you have a concrete example of something that could happen which isn't happening because of legislation?
2: Uh,
4: we could have
3: internet Get, that's proper, way faster. Forget that
2: proper digitization of law. The fact that to this day I can't relatively simply with the technology i have look up the laws related to some particular thing where i am right now i can't be like what are the parking laws can i park here legally or not the fact that there's no way to do that is like one of the biggest failings of modern society in my opinion Oddly okay but enough, that's, i'm that's, pretty
3: that's... sure i can do that here yeah ah. i'm just thinking that there are, we can do that here in germany
4: i'm sure there's a very
3: easy yeah, way well, to look up your... my Yo,
2: complaints are primarily about the u.s
4: Right, but okay. I mean, you know, there's something Wait, every country sorry. does that other countries, you know, don't do. Like in, uh, I was just watching a thing about how in the UK they've deregulated the phone lines, right? So there's oh, yeah. there's literally thousands of internet service providers, or at least hundreds, you know, because they can all lease lines from the On phone BT? company, yeah. yeah, at a reasonable rate. But in the US. Right, and this is actually funny because like there were even uh, like uh, letters and memos from AT and T and Verizon who were saying, "Yeah, this deregulation is good in the UK, but it's no good in the US." And there's the reason they're saying that is because they're the ones who own the lines <laughs> in the US, right? So, and the, because of that, the internet speed versus price in the UK, speeds are going up exponentially, and prices per speed are going down exponentially. But meanwhile, here in the US. Uh, we pay, you know, more for less internet than pretty much every other modern country. It's except
3: for horrendous. except for wireless, except for wireless broadband internet, where you pay a lot less than everywhere else.
4: Really? How much is your uh,
3: wireless? I pay eighty a month plan? for four
2: G, like crazy fast.
3: Yeah, but how? No, it's un, like how much data is that? You know, oh, unlimited. That's... Yeah, exactly. I mean, I pay like 30 euros a month and I get like for that, I get like 250 megabytes or something.
4: That's about that's about what I get. If you, if you just the data plan for the iPhone yeah. is about is about the same as that.
3: Oh, is it? Oh, I thought you get more.
4: No, it's my the <laughs> iPhone data plan on AT&T is about that price. But it, my bill is actually 90 something a, a month because you got to add in all the other crap they put on there. The, the, oh, the, maybe the, the it's voice better. minutes I don't use <laughs> and the, you know.
6: Because I pay something, I pay something like a hundred and sixty a month for Australian, uh, Australian, yeah, Australian dollars for which turns out to roughly oh three thousand American dollars or so at the moment. I'm not sure, (laughs) but (laughs) but uh, um, it's or capped. Uh, I have a download cap of about a terabyte at the moment, but I had to fight pretty hard to get that without paying an additional forty dollars. And well, that's a that's a geographic that,
4: problem. Yeah, that's a geographic problem for Australia though, because you only have so many undersea cables. There's just not enough for everybody, and to build another cable would cost a lot.
2: And yep. you know, most of the internet is in the United States.
6: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that's a part of the reason we buy. We basically buy our bandwidth to the internet from the U.S., and that's part of the reason they have to charge uh, with. Uh, that's part of the reason they have to have uh, download cap, sorry, is because they have to buy all of that bandwidth for a certain price. And to give people unlimited bandwidth, they would essentially be giving away for, partially for free what they were paying for.
2: So here's an example to get back on topic of something. Look at Robot copyright cars. law. Copyright law is not kept up. Now I'm not saying, Oh, get rid of it and pirate everything. I'm saying copyright law is not keeping up with the fact that technology has made things like remixing very easy. And yet, simultaneously, the copyright laws in the U.S. are such that it's only okay to steal other people's work to create a new work if you're parodying them. But if you're doing legitimate or sort of like like I respect this work, I'm making an homage to it, that's actually not as protected. I mean, it's kind yeah. of messed up. And yet, we have no way to redress but, that because the, well, the, no main, one...
4: the fundamental problem there is that there never used to be non-commercial creative works in this sort of magnitude ever before and now suddenly the laws aren't keeping up and the law hasn't changed at all Uh, patent law for software hasn't done anything
3: so maybe we just need to like just throw out you know tossing this spring we just need to get rid of like copyright law or something like that well, hopefully
4: the Rapture can help with that. We can. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we'll have a new post-Rapture constitution. The so after the after help. the Rapture,
3: <laughs> we we need to eliminate some things. Yeah. So, so to
1: yeah. Uh, to sort of steer us back to the topic of robot cars, oh. no pun intended. Um, so we no, have oh uh, man, these... I was doing a great segue there. Okay, man. Yeah.
2: No one ever says <laughs> no pun intended unless the pun was intentional. No. Nah,
1: robot car. Anyways, so robot cars. Um, Let's get this good thing the, back on the road. Here's... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, enough with the puns. Okay. So okay, you take over, you take the wheel. Just okay. go.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you <magnificent> uh-
1: <laughs> okay. So uh we have these robot <clears throat> we'll be having these robot cars. <laughs> Will any of you buy one?
2: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, Almost entirely. Oh, totally.
3: totally. oh yeah. yeah. No problem at all. I would just yeah, yeah. If I could drive somewhere, even if I have to drive with my hands on the wheels and with my feet sort of like in near the brake pedals, if I can just like stick on an audio book, and I don't want to read a book. I don't want to like actually read. I don't want to not pay attention to the road because when I'm driving, even when I'm in the passenger seat, I want to be looking out the window and see what's going on anyway. But I want to feel like a passenger in my own car, yet in an emergency like you you know when you're in a passenger you're in a passenger you're as, a, you're as a passenger in a car and you're looking out and something happens you're know, like holy shit look ahead and then the driver's like oh yeah holy shit you know and you even as a passenger you can see things further ahead and in different you know in, in different ways than a, in a than a driver would so i just want to be a passenger in my own car still be responsible for it but so sort of like on a slightly yep less, i would less honestly
2: stressful. i would cut out Pretty much all the flying I do, except for places that are more than like 600 miles away, and use the robot car for that instead.
4: Yeah, I probably I wouldn't buy one if unless I had a lot of money, I could afford to park it somewhere. But I would definitely get like a Zip car for you know I get find some way to rent one or whatever. Scott,
2: it's a robot car. You park it somewhere free, and you text it and say I'm going out now, and it comes and picks you up
4: right but it, I guess you could do that but it, could it move itself to the opposite side of the this no parking? no, I don't I'm not sure that's what we're
3: aiming for here. I think just a car that when you get in it, then you don't have to worry about driving actually, I'll
2: say this what I would in, in all honesty, what I'll likely do because this will probably happen in the next decade or two is I'll get the zip car equivalent of that
4: yeah, that's what yep. I'm saying.
3: So yeah. Scott, uh, no Chirbet. What about Australia? You, you ever gone a long road trip across Australia? Because that takes like a few weeks to drive across, doesn't it?
6: I have actually. I, we actually went and did uh, quite a while ago when we all just had our licenses and we were enamored with the Cannonball Baker sea to sea, sea uh, to shining sea memorial dash. Uh, we actually drove from Brisbane across the center of Australia to Perth. It took two days. Uh, including time to swap drivers and everything like else. Though we were driving, days. We were driving pretty much 24 hours a day. <laughs> did did oh, you wow. have to,
4: like, stop because kangaroos are blocking the road or whatever?
6: Uh, no, but we did nearly hit a kangaroo, which would have ruined our chances by pretty much destroying our car. Kangaroos are big, heavy things. <laughs> I'm trying to swear less this episode. <laughs> but uh, not, they
3: not are really the big. Though, and I pretty- thank you for that. less bleeping but if if on that thing if you weren't just going for a dash i mean if you could have just gone okay Um, if we could say google take us take us across the country would that take away the the mystique would that take away the not the mystique would that take away the uh, the appeal of driving across the country doing one of these sea to shining sea dashes if if the car was doing
1: the attention for you I think mm-hmm. I think so. I think in terms of you know, I mean, it depends on the purpose of the drive. I mean, if you're going to you know drive across the country, we're going to do it. I mean, then yeah, you don't want the auto driving car. But if you just need to get from point A to point B, yeah, the you know the self driving car would be a better thing. I mean, Even if you're, you're doing the
2: road trip, I would much rather have the robot car do the driving uh, of say my Winnebago while we're all hanging out in the back playing board games and looking at the scenery.
1: See, what little, if? You know, what if this? Me, is I mean, for long distance driving, like. Like I said, for me, driving from say from LA to Seattle for PAX, I'd want the self driving car. But for daily driving, or I'd you know, still for, want
2: the self driving car. I, and this I is would, someone you want the self-driving I wouldn't
1: because, I would, I'm, because coming, I'm I'm big on the enjoyment of driving. I really enjoy driving. Not, for but long- I do
2: too. I I I drove from Michigan. I had a car since the day I turned fourteen. Like I drove to high school for most of the time I was in high school. I drove hundreds. <laughs> 200,000 miles yeah. since I, right. I sold a car. Right, but
4: save your joy driving. Go down to like the racetrack to drive for fun, you know, don't drive mm-hmm. for fun on the road where you could hurt other people because your driving is guaranteed to be less safe than the than the car driving itself. You're oh, really? pulling out the
2: moral this, argument.
4: You're pulling you're putting <laughs> your other people's lives in danger and your own life in danger for the sake of fun when you could save the fun for a safe environment like a racetrack. So, wait a second. Let's flip
3: this on its head. Let's flip this on its head. So, at the moment, I was talking about, okay, let's have a car which drives itself, but yet you are the final person who's responsible for it, and if in an emergency, it's possible for you to take over and press the brake if the car doesn't see the kid running out in front of the... Or whatever happens, you know. You You can take over by pressing the brake, and it says, oh, shit, let's stop as quickly as possible. Let's get this stuff over. But what if it was the other way around? You were driving, but there was also the robot driver hanging out in the background that if anything happens, it could take over and say, holy already, shit, this person's a so You about-
4: could buy that car today. Mercedes sells a car like that. You know, plenty of people already sell that car. You can buy it and drive it today. It's <laughs> on the road right now. Yeah. Well,
3: you could drive that car off the road. So if you were driving that car and you just went, okay, I'm going to drive. Th- oh, sorry, I'm swearing again. I'm a bit drunk. So if you just went, blow it. I'm going to drive through that barrier and just off the edge of this cliff. There's nothing in that car that would stop you doing that. Yeah, there is. It, yeah, it, there what? is. Collision, like
1: de- collision detection <laughs> between your car and the guardrail. Uh, oh, okay. Line detection for you know when you're crossing the lane. There, there
4: uh- If you get one of these Mercedes cars or one of these cars that has this sa- the safety system in it, and you try to just drive it into a wall, it will yeah. stop before you get to the wall. If I was own. just
3: driving on the side and I just pulled the car, like if I just went like hard right, like I just pulled it down, hard right, into oncoming traffic, what would it? What would happen?
4: It would probably try to stop itself as soon as it detected that you were heading for a, a wall. And it also has side detection, so if there was a car right next to you, it actually wouldn't turn. It would stay in its lane.
1: And not would only it that, not really that not uh, Would it warn Benz? you not
3: to turn? Wouldn't, would it no, it not, wouldn't you know, warn you. I mean, it,
1: it would so, actually physically not turn. No, it wouldn't oh, warn you, and it. I don't think it would not turn, but I think what would happen is that it would detect the sudden change of the geometry of the suspension because just because you're turning so quickly and it would try to keep the car in control so as you're turning you're not just swerving you know, you're not swerving, well, dep- you will go spin. It depends spin. on what
4: system you're talking about. Yeah. But there are cars that have collision detection systems. So if there was a car to your right and you tried to change – if you tried to turn right, does changing lanes to the right, it would actually not change lanes. Like you would turn the steering mm. wheel to the right and it would start to move and then go back to where it was. It resists
6: really? you basically. Oh, yeah. I
3: didn't even – I is, didn't know cars have got that far. Yeah, yeah, they it, have cars, cars
4: – like if you if you don't hit the brakes and you're like holding onto the gas as you go into a stoplight and there's a car in front of you and you just fall asleep, it will actually stop before before it hits the car in front of you on its own, mm. even if your foot is flooring the gas pedal, really?
6: it tries to stop you. But how successful it's going to be is really yeah. down it's, to it's the situation the brakes, and how you know? determined yeah. you are. Yeah. You but but what happened?
3: But, but I'm saying if it was a Google car and you would try to drive off drive it off the road, it wouldn't even let you. It wouldn't even have to think about not letting you do it. It already know in advance that that's not where the road goes, and no, we're not going to drive off this cliff. I'm just okay. So it already exists. So, but I'm just saying, take that to the next safety level. That it's like. That, that, that it's not even helping you drive safely it's like only letting you drive within certain limits and then you can drive all you want maybe that would uh, that would take the fun out of driving maybe i don't know not, yeah, well, to, kind of back, to kind of back is it a up question? a little bit
1: to kind of back it up what? a little bit scott made the argument that you know we should that it's absolute that it's kind of morally imperative to not drive on the road if the availability of these self-driving cars is this. here's my question In the situation where you have a self-driving car and the driver is functioning primarily as sort of an emergency, you know, sort of uh, an emergency respondent in terms of, wow, there's a truck coming. Bleep mark there. (laughs) (laughs) There's a there's a truck coming. Uh, Time to put the brakes on this thing. If you have a let's say we fast forward and now these cars are popular. We have this generation of parents that are having these kids that are having their kids. You know, yeah, they go through the you know once in the once every seven years drivers test or whatever to make sure they are capable drivers. But in the span between, they're not getting the sort of pro the sort of unconscious programming that we get as you know you know constant drivers on the road, you know being aware of the situation, you know getting. I think driving will disappear.
2: It'll be a lost art, and eventually, the only manual override that will that will actually exist will be a giant button you hit that slams on the brakes. And that'll be a
1: known, I couldn't. I I would reason that you have a driver there
4: is not, you know, oh my god, there's a truck coming, right? The reason you have a driver there is if the technology in the car fails. The technology in the car is going to save you from a truck coming, it's not going to save you from the computer crashed or, uh, you know, the engine is on fire, it's not going to save you from mechanical failures. That's why there's a driver there because you know if there's a fire inside the car then it's not going to know to you know to turn out of the way or hit the brakes anymore so you need some sort of mechanical brake
1: right but even today i once read
3: this i once read this quite Mediocre science fiction story where this exact thing happened. It was it was talking about this, um, you know, it was pretty much talking about Google before Google was Google. Hmm. About like someone who, like this company which owned the the uh, navigation system for the cars, and people were driving around LA, and it t- said about the, all these um, the, uh, in the in the sky there was all these uh, satellites that were controlling everything, or a lot of the control was from these satellites that were passing overhead, and these errors built up and built up and built up, and nobody realised, and then suddenly the whole system crashed. And it explained in a really cool way about if the system crashed, how many people weren't sitting in the driver's seat. Like it's talking about, oh, this guy driving a truck, he was taking a shower in the shower compartment in his truck and he should have been at the seat, but you know, like you say, he put the sandbag on there and, and went round it. And it was actually a really fun exploration. And of course, that company was held responsible. It's Google I can't remember the name of the of the book now, but it was it was really interesting to read it at the time. And that one story has sort of informed quite a lot of my thinking about automated driving systems just that one quite cool chapter about the entire la self-driving car system crashing in a single big computer failure so it's,
4: uh, here's, a, here's a question i just thought of right so Uh-oh. what you know well no i mean look all of the advancements in auto technology or the vast majority of them start in f1 and then come to the road but this would be the opposite what if f1 was all self-driving cars
2: Robot F1, then they can go a million miles an hour with ground effects, and it's awesome.
1: I know, that's <laughs> right. what I'm saying. So Speed Racer. Um, but there would be well, no
4: driver's championship. It would just be some engineer you would never heard of with the trophy, right? Robot
6: championship. See, the thing is that, well, Luke asked before that uh, would this be useful to me in Australia because, well, we do have quite long distances between everything, I mean, as it stands, if I got up from this seat right now and started walking to the city, I'm in one of the inner city suburbs and it would still take me most of the day, if not the whole day, to walk from my house to the city. That's the kind of spread we're talking about here. But I think that it wouldn't be very popular here simply because we have very, very good driving roads, because, well, the majority of our roads were built after cars became a lot more popular over in the States and we'd had a lot of lessons that we could pick up from other people. We've got very well-maintained, broad roads. They're designed very well. I don't think I've ever come across somewhere, uh, in certainly in the last five years, where I can definitely say, wow, this is a terribly designed road. And, I'd be interested
4: to see like accident statistics ver you know by country to see if you're um, safer than we are.
6: I'm not sure. We have no. a very big driving culture, to be honest. Everyone has a car and everyone knows how to drive, essentially. That's obviously a broad generalization. And the other thing is that our roads are just outright fun to drive on because say I'm heading up to Harvey Bay, it's about four hours north. And there's parts of that drive where I'm just—you can just cruise along with your cruise control, take in the scenery. There's times where you can, you're basically swerving at eighty k's through the mountains, you know, all sorts of just great driving road. In that short four-hour trip, that's a weekend trip, and a Google car where you're not doing the driving, while you still get to appreciate the scenery, it would take just a lot of fun out of the experience, and that's why I don't think it'd be very popular here.
1: All right. Well, that, that was a wonderful topic. And for our next topic, we have a surprise guest with us. Say hello, Adam. Hello, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> oldest joke ever.
2: I believe the front row crew is now a majority here.
1: Uh, so oh, it was no, it's tied. It's
4: a tie.
3: It's tied.
1: Actually, uh, yeah, I know The
2: host doesn't count. No, I don't. He's like so, vice president. <laughs> so Adam is part on, of like the front row crew. Office.
3: With, yes. Yeah, Adam
2: goes way back with us.
1: I, I am. So so
3: what, was a, what, what was the wait, topic? Wait, what, was what was the topic that you wanted Adam in here well, I'm for? I'm going to. I'm victim. going
1: to say it right now. Uh, okay, so, yeah, let's go mm. for it. Sorry. The Washington Post Outlook section invited 10 writers to sift through the world's clutter and each nominate one thing. An idea, a tradition, a habit, a technology, you name it, that we'd all be better off tossing out this spring. What they got ranged from The Simpsons to Democracy. What do you want eliminated? Just uh, one no. thing, please.
5: <laughs> do we have to pick from, from their list? No, or no, no. Picking? You, you oh. give your
1: own thing. This is, this is Friday Night Party Line. You bring up your
5: own ideas. All right. This is this is podcast called uh, Front Row, based on the Front Row group yeah. called Geek I think that that's
1: uh, a that. And Adam has been eliminated from the. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, I could troll and be like, "Yeah, religion." Oh. I
1: think actually oh, that was one of worry the, about that, was, sun, that was actually think- one of the things on the list.
4: Was it? Five? Yeah. But, no, it's not. It's not uh, on their list. I think it, I'm no. no let's sure just run down was. this list.
3: So get engagement rings, democracy, smartphones, The Simpsons, tipping. I'm totally behind that. Auto tune. Yep. <laughs> I'm not actually. I quite like auto tune. I have um, that Leftovers. I'm not. I don't want that to be. Oh yeah, that's quite good. On stability, small talk, and seniority based firing. I thought now, for
1: sure religion
5: was on the list. So seniority based Forget religion.
2: Conservatism. Dude.
5: Yeah, really. Do you know? Do you not know what seniority-based firing is? Because, no, no, uh, I do. Teacher, I know – I, being a teacher, I know exactly what that is. So, um, <laughs>
3: tell your it, story. I'll tell mine.
5: Allow That's me good. to explain. Um, the way seniority-based firing works is basically when, um, when they need to cut back teachers in a school system. They'll go in and say, all right, who have we had the longest and who is the newest teacher that we just hired? So what they'll do is they'll go, okay, the newest guy has at least seniority, so we're going to get rid of him. And they generally don't look at other things like – has the person been performing well? Does the person have tenure and do they deserve tenure? Which is a whole nother thing that maybe I could be like, ah, tenure, get rid of that. But um, what, what it causes is a problem where you'll have teachers who've been around for a long time that maybe aren't learning or aren't progressing in how they teach. And you'll get rid of somebody who's new who is maybe better versed in technology or has really new ideas like the guy who's the Minecraft teacher over at um, – oh, God, in New York City. Oh, man, that guy. I think – I think it was New York City, but there's actually a Minecraft a guy who has a blog, Minecraft teacher. But he would have been someone who would have been laid off, for example, because he's only been teaching for three or four years. Myself, I've only been teaching for like four years. And if there was somebody who'd been there for eight, nine, 10 years, they would have gotten rid of me first before they got rid of somebody who'd been there longer, which may or may not be a good thing. So, yeah. You know. yeah. It's not well, not just only,
3: do, teachers, not only it's, do I know about this.
5: Not only do I know about this, I've
3: been a victim of this. So I was working at a TV company and I had been there only about a year and I had a degree in, my degree was in creative music technology, which is, you know, sound recording, you know, studio work and things like that. And I was working as a sound technician. So... They were they were firing some people in the broadcast department. These are the guys who you know made sure that the TV station stayed on the air, you know, connected to the satellites and stuff like that. But generally, they just sat there and pressed a button if anything went wrong. I mean, it was a, it was a difficult job. I couldn't do it, but that's what they were doing. Anyway, these guys were being fired and they looked around and I was like, "Okay, well, maybe we can get some of these guys not to be fired. Maybe we can transfer them over to other departments. And they were like, oh, this guy, he can go and work in the sound department. And he had been with the company longer than I was. He was getting paid more money than I was. And yet he came over into the sound department and I was teaching him his job. You know, I was training him to be a sound technician, to do what he needed to do. I'd only been doing it a year, but I would already been there. You know, he'd been there a few years. I'd been there a year. I was training him to do. He was getting paid more than me, and he, I was training him. A few months later, another round of layoffs, they looked at the list. And it was like, who's been here longest? <laughs> well, Luke hasn't been here as long as this other guy. We'll fire Luke. This is oh, someone see, who, that's no good. <laughs> I, I trained him to do my job. He was being paid more than me. I was training him to do my job, and then when it came to firing time, I was the person who was fired. Except, of course, the next day after them firing me, after them sort of like handing me this thing and taking me into this meeting and saying that's it for you, like the next day, somebody else in the company was like, "What the hell are you firing Luke for?" I, he could work for me in my department. I was like, "Okay." N- so I moved department.
4: That whoever yeah. was making the firing decision was someone who was high up the food chain and was firing based on a spreadsheet, whereas the person who was actually close to the ground—yeah, who
3: actually you. wanted me—yeah, yeah. I mean, my guy. manager was like, "What the hell?" But he didn't have anything to say about it. And the other manager, who I find I did go and work for, he was like, "What the hell? No, let's—I'll let, have Luke again." You know, I'm not saying I was, you know, great at my job, but I knew what I was doing, and I was professional. I was already within the company, so it was actually it. it it didn't work out, but yeah, seniority based firing. Anyway, this this wasn't my list. I'm not sure what I would put on the list. I don't think religion needs to go out. I mean, it would be. I, I think that's if we're just. It's that's less than spring cleaning. That sort of like major overhaul. Well, can we at least get, can we at
4: least get rid of like the dangerous cults, like the Scientology types? If we don't nah, get rid of all of them. <laughs>
2: How about how about special treatment of religion? What if any religion was either a for-profit or non-profit corporation like everything else? <gasps> Gasp.
3: Well, the thing is, the Actual whole-
0: equality? Non-
3: yeah, the <laughs> thing is, you're talking about religion as religion is really bad, but I think there's other things, bigger picture things, which are probably worse than religion, but because yep, they're... conservatism yeah okay like, like i say exactly like well, conservatism maybe that's that's probably worse than actually religion itself probably I also
5: i think we <laughs> might be jumping into giant giant issues here because i could easily be like the republicans and that <laughs> no i
3: want to keep it like smaller <laughs> concepts engagement rings i would get rid of i you yeah, know one of those things I, I would get rid of is is like maybe not engagement rings but something more on that sort of level like
5: diamonds as like, engagement rings my wife has sapphire engagement rings. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, but your wife is cool. Well, see, I think that's when we were looking up, uh, when we were getting married, we were looking up like what the average American spends on whatever. And back when we were getting married, like the average American was spending something like 18000 to $22,000 on just the wedding. And then they were saying, oh, well, you <laughs> should spend the equivalent of three of like uh, one third of one year's pay, like one year's pay on a yeah, ring. You know that's who like, says
4: like, that? You, the, company's the company selling this stuff or the company, the people who say how much you should pay.
3: <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's what I get rid of. I would get rid of expensive wedding ceremonies. That's what I, I would give it. Spring cleaning, expensive wedding ceremonies. It's it's a waste of money. You know this this thing what they they have. We were just talking about Google before, and Google just went. Okay, we're just going to have mapping in all of our things, and our iPhones are just like, hey, we're going to have maps in the phones, and now people don't need the GPS system. I mean, you can still get your sort of Tom Tom or whatever you know, you know, Navi, whatever you want to call them in your car. But generally, Google sort of outdid that, and you just go, okay, now it's just just part of the service with your mobile phone. I think that's what we need with sort of like weddings and law stuff and other things like that. We can just go, okay, no, it's just part of the service that some internet service provider just goes, oh, we're well, not service provider. You know, sort So of you're like saying some- you,
5: want, you want there to be an engagement and wedding app?
3: yes exactly that's exactly <laughs> what I want you just get this and, ins- and you don't have to work anything out it just goes okay just turn up everyone you just, like, say, just say to your friend you just download it and it automatically gets downloaded to all your friends' phones and it says hey be here that time turn up with a present and if you're not quite sure what to buy a present press a button here you press the button that's great you I love presents. you it's going to be, it's gonna be d- delivered via Amazon. You don't even have to worry about it. And all the things that happen, flowers, you just t- you just get the app. And all you do is enter in the enter in the name of, or the date of your wedding. And maybe it'll even sort out the date for you. Maybe you can have something like doodle.com and sort out the date for your wedding, which isn't just good for you, but good for all of your guests. Like my sister said, I'm getting married this summer. And I said, if you're getting married at this weekend, I'm going to be at the European Juggling Convention. And I'm not going to be there. She said, yeah, I'm getting married that weekend. And I, said, and I was just like, well, I'm really sorry. i missed it last year to be at my brother's wedding and i'm not sure i want to miss it two years in a row just for and she she rescheduled a wedding you know that kind of thing that you want but just imagine well she wasn't just for me there was actually it was a bad date for most people except her (laughs) oh it wasn't just because of me there was quite a few other people who couldn't make it that weekend so she she did reschedule it but it was one of those things but just imagine technology you just could press a button and it just sorts out all your weddings and it doesn't cost anything some web.2 Two to wed 2.0 company just sorts it
5: all out for you sort of honey i love Chief you
1: wedding. i want to spend the rest of my life with you my dear dot there's an app dot for com.
5: that yeah <laughs> and then you could uh, what'll happen is all the all the engagement rings and the bouquet and everything will just be they won't actually be real ones they'll be little digital ones you can buy and then you'll some, have someone's five-year-old accidentally hitting the button and spending like $20,000 on imaginary wedding stuff there'll be pictures of your favorite flowers appearing on everybody's phones.
1: They can just hold up their phones and then one guy is going to make a killing replacing the bouquet that someone threw.
5: God, get on this guy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this I'm just
3: saying weddings i, I can't be bothered to get wetmarried.com. You know, that kind of thing is what we need. Wet marriage? Like, I can't be bothered to get married.com. You know, oh, I like can't that. be bothered. So, all
2: right. All right. I'm just curious about this wet part. <laughs> I heard. <laughs> I
1: heard. Maybe it was a. Maybe it was a breakdown in the connection. But I heard. I can't be bothered with wetmarriage.com. Oh, no, <laughs> That's I what I heard.
3: <laughs> I said I can't be bothered to getmarried.com. It's probably it was the get in, to, to not wet after it went <laughs> So anyway,
4: I got, I got two things I would get rid of that are smaller things and aren't gigantic world-changing things, right? Number one, people riding bikes without any brakes on them.
2: Uh, 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 the
1: Fixie and, community and, at, my su- at my school is so big and annoying. Is, is that, that even legal? Too? Um, no, no, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. And uh, the campus police does nothing.
5: Hopefully no, they no will Darwin themselves two. out of existence. Mm.
1: They haven't so far. And number two, I want to get rid of
4: all physical media. Cartridges, discs, cassettes, tapes, vinyl records. Get Hard them out drives. Done.
5: But the quality of the vinyl records through is... these gold wires or... is so yeah. much superior.
3: <laughs> I know what I want to get rid of. I want to get rid of... Um, not scams, not trolls, but pranks. I hate pranks. I like pranks. I like pranks. It's, like pranks. Uh, uh, it's just that I, kind of... You know, I, I the, think I agree. Okay, flash I, mobs. I, I, I want to get rid of Improv Everywhere flash mobs because no, they're not running no, anymore. No, it's just stupid. No. You're, you're only pleasing the people involved. I see these things and it gives it gives everyone involved around about a quarter of a second of happiness. And it's just so smug and it's like, oh, we're good. We're brightening up everyone's day you no you aren't you're getting in the way just let everyone I get think on you just have a
1: problem it, with flash mobs i mean we've had flash mobs around here and you know it's generally one of those things that yeah everybody who's who bears witness to this is just like hey yeah man that was pretty cool you know clap 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 you know and then you have the few curmudgeons like you um no i'm not much <laughs> i'm
3: just saying that if we're gonna spring clean we just need to get uh, okay flash mobs no more flash mobs. I don't wait, wait, need look. to see another video of lots of people standing still or doing a dance in a train station. It's over. Uh, I, I want to like move on.
2: With you, but, <laughs> so let me, me, me clarify. I'll go with
5: Luke. You. I'll meet you halfway.
2: I'm okay with getting rid of poorly done pranks and flash mobs because yes. a poorly done prank is worse yes. than no prank. Yes. And That's a poorly true. done flash mob is annoying. But a very expertly executed prank. Like, I considered... For a while. I never actually did this, but I wish I had. When I was living in uh, Fishkill, like 380 miles away from Scott, who was living in the apartment where I left all my furniture in Rochester, I wanted to one day just take the day off work, drive to Rochester, show up, be there for a while, make sure Scott saw me, like go to my bed, and then slip out, go back to Fishkill, and act like I'd never come home.
3: That is a prank that I can get behind because it's personal, it's targeted, and you're doing it for a reason. Uh, So many of these pranks now that I see on the internet, it's like, okay, someone's shopping, and then someone starts singing, and then someone else starts singing. And I'm like, seriously, guys, is this... The level that you sort of have to—you're asking permission from the supermarket to do all of this—and all you're doing is singing some opera in a supermarket, and then at the end of it, you finish it, and it's like now we'll put it up online and get a million hits on uh, YouTube. No, and see I'm the like- ones
4: I, I like—the one where like they all dance "Thriller" in the train station, and they have a, like a thousand people dancing in perfect simultaneous. Dancing, but why do it do a in a really train station job.
3: why do it in a train station if you just want to have a thousand people dancing just get a thousand people together dance in somewhere out of the well, way because, no, because
4: and, what makes the video epic is that you just see a crowded train station and like one person dances then five then ten yeah, but then
3: hundreds, it, you saw that and, ten years ago or like five years ago do we so need so to go it know? again and good. again And again, no, because it's just just the same shit over again. It's like, oh, let's do something that's unexpected in this place. Let's inconvenience people slightly and make them smile slightly. And then be all
4: smug on the Internet. (laughs) You've seen it a hundred times, right? You and I have both seen that I'm glad I'm not the only
1: one that finds this funny.
4: We've seen that same thing over and over again because we're connected. We're on the Internet. But normal people, like these people who think the world's going to end on Saturday, they've never seen that.
5: Ever. Wait, the world's not going to end on Saturday. Shoot! No. So that, we, we that, that still earlier. blows
4: people's minds because it doesn't. You know, it does.
5: not for them. It's
3: just like, oh, some people are dancing. I want to catch a train. Flash know. mobs have been done five, ten years ago. It's it's like See, seriously. I guess it
2: depends. Like the prank, I enjoy a flash mob that legitimately confute. Like people watching it really don't know what to think, and they go about the rest of their day always wondering like even maybe for the rest of their lives always think back what the fuck was going on that one exactly
3: time? but these people doing flash mobs they're not doing it for themselves and the people around them at the time they're doing it for the million hits that they are going to get on uh, youtube they're doing it for the commercial for vodafone they're doing it for the you know the tv
2: that is because YouTube people suck like and that. one of the biggest problems with improv everywhere and they yell at us you know we do the pants day and whatever The problem they have is that all half the people who are participating are not super into it. Do it half-assedly. Do it rambunctiously. They all take their cell phones out and take pictures of each other doing it, and they ruin it.
4: They don't follow the directions. They're not, you know... That's what. Exactly. So that's what makes that thriller in the train station video so good is how everyone actually learned the dance and is doing it properly and expertly, and they're doing a complicated thing in unison, and they obviously are all really, really into it. Whereas, you know, it's a lot some of the stuff that goes on here, most of the people, they're not, you know, they didn't try very hard, uh, and they mess it up, and they don't really care, you know, if they do it in a sloppy fashion. That's not impressive.
6: Well, what I, I would reckon would want- be a laugh would think- be uh, counter flash mobs basically find a flash mob that's organizing and then make a separate flash mob that basically Turns around and turns it back on their heads in some fashion. Okay,
3: that would be a second. Oh. That would be like the second level. Or maybe like there's going to be a flash mob, and as the flash mob is just about to start, just set off the fire alarm or do a bomb scare or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> just clear the place. i just gonna, f you all and put that online. You know, and that would be really funny. Maybe oh my- like if something's going to happen in a train. Like people start taking off their, you know, taking off their pants or something like that. Just like stand up and have like a big suitcase full of blood and like stab it with a knife and just. Let blood just drip out and just swing it round and anyone who's not got their pants on, everyone's just sitting there in the underwear, just spray them with blood and you know, don't film You're it. You're a anything.
1: horrible, not- horrible person.
3: <laughs> I'm just saying I- this is the level that we need to take pranks I flashbul-
1: think you know, you know, I was hoping you'd say something like for these people that are on the trains that take off their pants, just walk around, give them pants. Right. So no, that's so see but but no, no, you went, you went, <laughs> fill a suitcase a with blood, stab the suitcase, <laughs> and then spray <laughs> blood on everyone. No,
3: suitcase is enough. We've got to get a train. We, next time, let's do this. We need to torture the MTA in, in New York. And next need, time, now we need to torture what, people. No, no, not touching people. We'll do this subtly. We'll do it subtly. People get on a train, and they think they're just getting on a normal train, and they get on without pants on. We have rigged up a special train cart to fill up with blood, and it'll stop. (laughs) The lights will sort of flash. (laughs) (laughs) And then as everyone's sitting there with no pants on, the entire train carriage fills up with blood, and we'll film it. Those guys will freak the f*** out, and it'll be awesome. That's
5: the level here's,
3: here's The can. This one problem
4: is that the car, the blood will just leak out of the bottom of the no, car. No, have to, we'll
3: have to build a special prank car that the people who get on, they think they're taking part in an improv I don't improv
4: think the F- MTA is going to go along with this plan. But <laughs> I don't think well,
3: anyone would go along I with this plan. doing it. This the is the thing. It's like, I don't do want you- to do any kind of prank that uh, the MTA has to be in with And these people who do these big pranks In supermarkets and, and places like that Like the sax guy, you know, the sexy sax Guy, what was it, Care- Careless Whisper Guy, he's funny because he's turning up He's ruining everyone's day playing stuff Really loud and he gets kicked out by the police These flash mobs who don't get Kicked out by the police because it's all too Organized and stuff, it's like, well where's the fun in that I mean, I'm not saying anyone can organize a big Flash mob like that, I'm just saying this is one of the things That needs to be out in spring cleaning Good pranks, targeted pranks onto single people. You know, there's that college humor one where these two guys prank each other and outdo each other. And there's the one, one. Guy, uh, they, they, there's the one guy... There's the, um, the malfunctioning parachute jump, which is just hilarious. <laughs> and then the basketball court where he takes yep. the blind shot. Also absolutely hilarious. Yep. Those kind of targeted pl- pranks, which are done for the internet audience in mind against one another, are awesome. When you're pranking... Like an undefined population within a location in a city, it's like don't just don't do it. Stop doing it. Stop thinking you're cool doing it. It's too easy. Like I saw one with with improv everywhere. This guy, and they're like, okay, everyone off the ice at this this um, ice skating rink. And there's one guy who stays out there, he's falling over. And then the prank is, he turns out he's not actually a shit skater. He's actually a half mediocre skater, but slightly better than people thought he was going to be, but still a bit shit, but he can actually sort of skate around on one skate, but everyone thought he was shit. And everyone goes, oh, that's clever because the music came in and he danced with it. It's like, no, that's not clever. That's stupid. He didn't do anything clever. You're not doing anything clever. He wasn't a very good ice skater. If he'd done like a backflip on the ice and then gone round and then chopped his head off with his own ice skate and just went, ah, like that. (laughs)
6: Jesus (laughs) Christ.
4: I I think it really is
1: getting late."
6: Um, See, actually, uh, Luke, here's a prank you might appreciate. The jasmine Revolution. it's basically people trolling the entire (laughs) Chinese government (laughs) by saying, we're going to have a revolutionary flash mob, but what you do is you go to a very public place in China, and then you act very normal, do exactly what everyone else is doing. And is of course, right? nobody's actually going out and doing the doing nothing thing. But the Chinese government is freaking the f- out because they <laughs> think these people are doing are uh, basically acting completely normal as a protest against the Chinese government. Okay,
4: okay. that's more.
3: Of a, that was more like a prank protest kind of thing. But. Uh... Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm I, I'm just saying these public pranks, which isn't a prank, because I think just pranks have to be targeted. And this Improv Everywhere stuff, well, not Improv Everywhere, Improv Everywhere-inspired stuff, and, and, you know, like the time uh, when... You know, we've I got these... The first time they did something in Central uh, Station or whatever it is in New York, was it Central? Grand Central, where everyone stayed still for five minutes and then kept going. I looked at that and I thought, that's awesome. The second time anybody did anything in a train station i'm just like well that's no good you
1: know anyway you know we've got on. prank yeah we've got pranks that luke's suggesting with blood and people chopping off their heads all i want is you know a removal of artificially inflated artificially deflated speed limits i mean that's all i want
5: that, that could <laughs> oh. be done away with <laughs> well
2: I when agree. we have robot cars we'll be fine <laughs> <laughs> That's it. A second, that's... that
1: was a
3: reverse link. We can't do reverse segues. <laughs> <laughs> Can segues reverse?
2: I know. You know you just what? I'll do, a, I'll do a mundane one because I was doing these very high fluting things. I want to get rid of change. In fact, I want to get rid of cash. I'm good I with that. Whole... I'm good I with the whole
1: cash. Cabo Bebop card fact, system.
2: Today, I went to a Japanese restaurant to get like, some cheapo food. My bill was like $9.50. And I don't, I don't even carry cash anymore. And I go up and they've got a tiny sign on the register that's like $10 minimum. Which is okay now because the rules change, so yeah, I look at them I'm, it's like, I'm like, it's nine fifty, I don't have any cash. What do you want me to do? And they were basically willing to let the food go bad rather than let me pay with my credit card. I ended up because I was really hungry, and I bought like some tea to bring it over ten bucks, <laughs> and I'm never going back there again I've had mm. they, they have terrible service anyway, but yep. I'm done unless I don't know I still. I'm okay with paying cash at like the dumpling cart because that's the only way I'm going to get dumplings.
5: Yeah. I got I got something that we could uh, we could put to put to rest already is allowing the media to give time to crazy conspiracy theories i'm tired of seeing a basic news story about how you know freaking you, you can't get rid of freedom, no, of, freedom of speech, of speech. I mean, no i don't it's on. not a freedom of speech it's yes it just is stop it no is. can we stop just no can we stop letting me pay attention to it just to stop paying attention to it every time somebody says i have all video stop of obama's birth to in it, if we all
1: stop paying attention to it they'll take it off the air because it's bad ratings
5: I know. It's what makes me crazy. I just I want them to stop paying attention to it. I'm not. We talked about.
4: Sorry. We talked about the
5: rapture early on and we had a
3: good fun talking about the rapture. Just think about what we just did. We've talked about the rapture. Crazy conspiracy. Well, it's not conspiracy theory. Crazy religious whatever. Whatever. But it's fun to talk about and it's fun to react to. And of course, people are going to react to it and have fun talking about it.
2: True. Oh, you want to piss a bunch of people off? The Dvorak keyboard.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Fuck
6: that keyboard!
3: Uh, oh. my brother uses Dvorak keyboard and I'm like and I sit down and l- type in his, but he doesn't change the keys around because he's got a laptop but he changes it around because he touch types and I'm just sitting down and I was like what the hell and it's,
1: what is it's this gibberish one- I have
3: just typed yeah. out <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, yeah, it's I'm n- never sure about the Dvorak keyboard. I've, I've never seen a convincing argument either way about anything, this kind of stuff. Actually, I'm also getting uh, kind of very... tired of
5: installing... Oh, go ahead, Gerber. Sorry. Uh, uh, don't worry, this is a very brief,
6: a very strange coincidence. I once got called a douchebag by John C. Dvorak
5: on the No Agenda show. Hey. Way to go. <laughs> <laughs> so, something I'd like to get rid of are... are the you know the toolbars that we all have on our on our browsers usually no. there's like one like there's google right that's the one no. that that's the one that i, I don't have any toolbars. I, no, no toolbars no toolbars I have, well, I have i have netscape browser, browser that bypassing use. the toolbar entirely yeah well here's what i hate is when i install something like skype and it doesn't even ask me if i want to it the does toolbar. ask you you've missed it no it doesn't no it doesn't i just i just updated skype
1: that. on my laptop which is recording which is be acting as the backup recorder for this uh very podcast and i saw as the update was going through installing skype toolbar I'm like, no, no i, I, I told you not skype, to install the damn toolbar there was specifically the an install.
4: option where you could choose not to install the toolbar you just not, not no
1: no no no, no. The, i made thing.
5: i never install that stupid I, Skype toolbar
4: how come i don't have it
5: i uh, did you update skype today <laughs>
4: yeah i updated skype very recently
5: because i know i know that i have a little skype Thing on my toolbar. I haven't gone back and taken it out. But hey, there's, Skype, what I'm, why, I'm just using Skype as an example. There are, there are other pieces of software that will install things and change, change your browser without asking. Yeah, well, I've got a new why, thing, guys. Like, they think that I need 18 don't different tools. If you're using stuff.
4: those pieces of software, you're using the wrong piece of software. Guys, I've
3: got a new thing to eliminate a new spring cleaning thing to eliminate. New Skype on Mac. Just, yeah, how about just yeah, new up and Skype?
4: Die? It's bad. It's real bad.
3: The new what? Skype. I'm not sure how bad it is on Windows, but on or
1: whatever. On, on Windows, Mac. it's a little a minute, bit better, wait but wait on Mac, it's awful. Microsoft. Oh, it's just hey guys, let's remember Microsoft just bought Skype. Dun dun dun. Oh. But
4: no, but this oh, happened yeah. before Microsoft bought. Skype. Yeah.
3: Uh, maybe if yeah. Microsoft, maybe Microsoft will de shit Skype on Mac. No, they can't do. It. Oh, another thing. Say, check out. This is another thing. Nothing to do with spring cleaning or anything. But there's this. Do you know the Boston Globe? Boston.com, the big picture blog. Oh, of it's course. It's like one of the Boston best. Boston Globe. Hmm. Yeah. One of the one Being of the best Bostonian, one of the best photo blogs, news photo blogs, current events photo blogs. It's uh, it's amazing. I mean, the the picture they had. So uh, someone came through on the newsfeed. They said, "Hey, what we're going to do? We're going to replace comments on our articles. We're not going to use our own commenting system now. We're going to replace it with Facebook comments. You know, right. everything is huh. a, lot a lot of, of this people do that." And yeah, I know it's this new, oh, I guess it's a recent thing that you can do. And it's like, yeah, and because people will have their real names next to the comments, there'll be less spam or less other things because you have to use like a real name with Facebook and stuff. And... Because no troll
5: has ever made a fake account.
3: No, I'm just saying this is the yeah. idea that they have. So this the, and, and I just looked at the comments and all of the comments have gone from like, you know, sort of like, hey, nice, this and this is really interesting. this and, You know, like longer comments. And now it's like great photographs, unique pictures, beautiful um you know it's called every all of the comments well not all of them but so many of the comments are just like stunning love it nice sneakers wow beautiful great pics very interesting love picture 20 and it's just and it's really funny that there's like probably about five or six <laughs> seven eight nine ten times as many people have commented on this like so much quicker because you don't have to sign up for an account with boston globe to leave a comment on their blog anymore you can just use your facebook account so there's like loads and loads more comments and but the quality just, has gone down Yeah, very beautiful. Amazing to die for. Um, Nice. Nice. Sort of One. No, no, it's great because they're going to get so much more traffic because everybody who comments on this now, it's going to come up that they've commented on this blog and they're going to get so much more traffic. It's unbelievable. Mm
4: -hmm. See, but here's the thing. is like I don't understand who reads comments. I don't read comments on pretty much anything ever.
3: No, no, the so. point is, these comments, you don't have to go and look at this website, this webpage, this one blog post to see these comments. If your friends comment on this webpage, it's now going to show up in their feed and you're going to well, see I don't, it. I don't look at
4: Facebook either. Well, so.
3: whatever. I'm just saying, yeah. but for the people who, who do use they Facebook... Do. This is I think this is a win 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 situation for everyone except me who actually I like normally going down to the bottom of the comments and seeing people 's comments about the photographs and seeing which ones people like you know they 'd say oh number twenty nine is a really good photo and i 'd look at number twenty nine and go oh, that is actually really good or they' pick something out of detail i 've missed, and I think i 'm never going to get that comments from there anymore." It's going to be well, too I'm, much to look through the comments. I, I've,
5: uh, my experience on DeviantArt is pretty is similar to that, where people will, will just ma- leave a quick comment, to like favorite a, a piece, quick comment, and then like, hey, nice yeah. pick, and then leave. You know, so it's not it's not isolated to that. I think it's just if you have a bigger audience and more people are looking at it, there are less people who are going to be you know really taking the time to look to look at it. Because you know when, when you're looking at artwork, specific people are going to be looking for specific things, and only certain kinds of people are going to comment. Just because you have more people doesn't mean your common quality is going to go up, you know what I mean?
1: So we're finally on to our final topic of the evening. A bill has been introduced into the Senate that would give the Department of Justice and individuals new powers to enforce copyright and trademark law against quote, rogue and pirate websites that offer unlicensed copies of protected content or would sell illegal knockoffs of brand-name goods by taking them off the Internet. Never mind the questions of the technological feasibility of this bill, what do you think of the possible ramifications of this, if it even passes?
5: This is a... Uh, I think this is a good example of old people not understanding technology and not going to... It, it's not going to work. Even if, even if it passes, there's no... There's no technological feasibility of it without it creating, you know, a, a great firewall situation. Mm-hmm. So is this, an, America? gonna, is this, this is an American thing?
1: This is an American bill, but the language in the bill is so broad it could be interpreted that they can try and go after foreign websites, not just sites hosted domestically. Yeah, that, okay, that, well, I
3: say that's not going to happen, but uh, I'm just saying. Well, they'll try. America, America, go for it if you want to diminish your own importance and your own standing in the world even further.
4: Yep. I would probably just. It. I would probably leave if this if this actually started to. Yeah. you know, I mean, Oh really,
5: Scott? Where are you going to go?
4: Anywhere that has real internet.
6: <laughs> it's one
5: of those situations I go that like I don't. Australia. I don't probably, want to live, live here,
4: probably, here the anymore. The Netherlands has like you know gigabit for almost nothing. I can go there.
6: Hey, you can live with nine. Hey, I can go <laughs> rallying.
2: <laughs> I could go anywhere there's a stock exchange. Netherlands, ho! <laughs> Actually,
6: there's a great sailing festival
5: in the Netherlands, but that's beside the point. Yeah, I think I think plenty, it's, plenty this, plenty this of topic's good pretty quick.
6: To
5: yeah, I mean, when, there's no way. Even if they decided to pass it, even if they decided to pass something crazy and give far-reaching powers to whoever, first of all, nerds are going to find a way around it. That's that'd be my first guess. Is everyone's gonna find a way to get around well, it. The,
4: and... pro- the problem is, is nerds can only go so far because what at some point they get to your ISP and you, we can't do anything about that other than you know bring out the antennas and then the FCC can and you know so there you know we don't really have uh, the hardware yet to wait to
1: make. wait wait, wait wait power low power wireless mesh networking. Before exactly. we get into
3: mesh networking, before we get into mesh networking, are you saying that any website that is set up and that is blocked isn't gonna be immediately mirrored elsewhere in another place right. that you can get to? And there'll be services set up which will just route around any blocks. They just go, Oh, there's a block up over here, we'll just root over here automatically. Until, oh, what,
4: yeah, but what happens when they switch from a blacklist to a whitelist?
3: Oh uh, it doesn't matter. Well then I don't know. Well whitelists no nah, that it's can't a, happen. Yeah, there's a list that, no that's of not going to work. Go
4: to and then that's it. Done. No and that,
3: that won't hours. work. That was that's just that is so far beyond Unconstitutional in America. It's, of course
4: it is, but yeah. that's, you know, they do plenty of unconstitutional things here. We've had the no. I'm here. just saying
3: that is so far beyond unconstitutional. It's, well, it's, even, it's even if they passed it, it's I think you'd have
5: ISPs who wouldn't go along with it. You know, you'd yeah, have I, ISPs who are going to be like, no, sorry, right. you can't take away our customers because that's exactly. What, if if I was told that basically any internet that I had would have to be whitelisted, and that websites that I wanted to go to, like who know, who's stopping them? For saying, oh well, front row crew, you know, that's they so talked about piracy on that website, so we're going to shut them down and block them and all. You know, Why am I going to bother going on the internet if everything's going to be blocked anyhow? I was
2: chewing it. until just now. But <laughs> as, a te- as a technologist, one, how is it that a relatively small industry, like the amount of commerce that is hurt by this piracy, how can all these industries overpower the much larger industries that have a much bigger vested interest in not caring about these things? Yeah. I mean, there was that article recently talking about how Google, if they wanted to, could buy the entire world music industry with the cash yeah. they have on hand.
5: That would be awesome. Really? Would so, be how come, yeah,
4: so how come the lobbying of Hollywood and the music industry has more power and weight in Washington than the lobbying of the Microsoft and Google?
3: Right? The, it's Google
2: and Microsoft junkets. probably don't
3: care. I mean, no, they, they do, they, do they, care.
4: Google has lobbyists. A whole staff of
2: them. They don't lobby yeah. that much compared to. They
3: really don't. Like for the, like say, the size of their industry and how much they're not lobbying, I always get really surprised. In fact, I'm a bit nervous about how little they're no- lobbying. I'm like, do they have like a switch somewhere which they can just turn off everybody else's lobbyists? Like at that sort of like that moment <laughs> where
6: they're going to be
2: taken out, they can just go. Oh wait a
3: second, guys!
6: Manchurian it's like, lobbyists. It's, yeah, one, a, of it's
3: robot one
2: of those. Cars,
6: things. They've got robot lobbyists.
2: <laughs> well, no- <laughs> one day, everyone in the House of Representatives gets in their car and the car drives them all to Google.
3: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I that i'm thinking that's what scares me about google is that they as far as i can see or you know from what my own reading my knowledge is that they have so few lobbyists and actually so little political power it almost scares me that i think that they know something that i don't okay. but of course they do know everything that i know because they read all my email but i'm just thinking hmm. that like that is there something that has google got this longer plan or are they actually just not competent in politics maybe so here- I don't know. Here's it's
2: the second I point.
1: So in the, the year, th- in the year 2015, th- Google's on takes over.
2: <laughs> so I story for a while. Okay. There's a secondary aspect to all of this that the big push of this current bill is not the media industries, but it is the designer industries. I think you mentioned that that was you know like Gucci bags and all that stuff.
0: Yeah,
4: yeah.
2: Those industries. Have a long history of also going after people who aren't selling bootlegs, but are just selling secondhand legitimate merchandise because the secondary market for their product destroys the primary market for their product in the modern world. Yeah, I can go buy a
5: expensive handbags
2: That's actually you can get really fancy designer Armani suits for a tenth or a twentieth of what they actually cost if you get them well, slightly used, and you know what, they look great.
3: Yeah, well, like on eBay or something, or the shops.
2: Yeah, I
1: think it's yeah. so like Gucci.
2: All these companies are going after people who are selling legitimate goods on eBay and legitimate goods on Amazon as resellers by just claiming that they're counterfeit.
4: Well the right of first sale has been held up pretty well. Ah uh, even- the right of first sale has
2: been eroded heavily in the last decade. Well mm-hmm. only because
4: right but you're not giving someone a license to a suit you're you know why don't they do that then right, they can get around it the same way this other But you know what, how
1: and- they get ar- <laughs> how they get around the right of the first sale thing entirely is that just by being the original manufacturer of the product and claiming that it's counterfeit then being the authority they can just as easily say you know about a legitimate bag oh yes it's counterfeit well how do you know well it takes also- an expert eye.
2: Slap lawsuits. Look at Kirby vacuums. They make these ultra-fancy, like, ludicrously expensive vacuums. And you know what? I had one. They're great. They're great vacuums. But they cost such a ludicrous amount of money for what they are, and they go after anyone who tries to sell one anywhere to prevent that from happening. Mm -hmm. And most people don't have the resources to fight them and sell the things second hand.
1: They almost hire When I I was, like, originally looking for jobs, they They wanted to hire me, and I... I you know, read up a little bit more about the company. I'm like, um, no. Yeah. I, I actually, one of those companies. I actually that, also uh, interviewed
2: with them when I was at RIT. I was trying to get a job and over the summer, and there was like this online sales thing, and I went into it, and it actually ended up being Kirby, and I walked away.
5: Yeah. yeah, that was that was something that I've I've had twice in my life when I was unemployed and looking for jobs. One was the uh, the knives, Cutco. I'm sure had Cutco. The, Cutco. They are around, they are they are on one. my campus every week.
1: You know the what? I got the it.
5: Kirby. The guy who the guy who was running the Kirby thing, who was doing my interview, was so shady and the, like the worst salesperson I've ever encountered. I was like, no, I'm out. I'm not even staying for the second interview. Bye.
2: To be fair, we have a full set of amazing Cutco knives because Emily was a Cutco girl long ago. <laughs> And you know what? Those knives are great. What's
5: I, I, I do don't deny it, but I can't imagine running up to one of my friends and being like, dude, I got all these knives you got to buy.
2: I got two
4: knives.
1: <laughs> <laughs> if I That's said that to one of my friends, they'd say,
5: they would just turn around and say to
1: me, what did you do? <laughs> Who did you murder? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to buy
3: a knife rack the other day. And you know, there's the one where this guy who's like standing there going, Uh, and he's got all the knives though. I you saw love it? That yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah I, it's I saw that in a shop and I was like, oh, I've got to get that. And I saw it in the shop. I was walking past It's just, you know, I've got some. Like, really cool gift shop places down on the street where I ended up, and I said, like, went it's like 170 euros. Like, I know, that's why,
4: that's why I got the normal one.
3: Yeah, and it's like this it's really nice chrome thing, and it's like really cool. So now I'm gonna look online and see if I can get it cheaper there, but I was like really put out yeah. by I, it, like a set, I, a set of I, knives. I had
4: for it on Amazon, it was still too much money for me.
3: Well, how much for, on Amazon was it?
4: I don't know, but the one that I got on Amazon was 20 bucks. So. Yeah, it's
3: all oh, right, okay. it's on Think Geek for a similar price. Okay. Let's have a look at that thing. K- carry on with your conversation. I wasn't really keeping up. I had <laughs> knives.
6: Someone explain to me quickly. What the hell is Cutco Girl? What's oh. going on? Here? So, so, so it's kind of like a suicide girl,
1: except guy. that um,
2: <laughs> high school kids are given a bunch of knives and told to sell them to all their neighbors, and they get paid based on each like sales pitch they give so they get like a neighbor kid to go over to their friend's house and pitch these stupid knives to like the parents of their friend and then they get paid like 15 bucks per pitch but a surprising number of people actually end up buying the knives
5: Yes so that idea. It's- it's one of those things that we're like when, when everybody's young, they sort of run across – you see this advertisement like you can make big money and this, that and sales. You know, come to this thing and they have these really interesting like um, classified ads and mm-hmm. not knowing any better, you go, "Ah, oh, I am young and 20 and I could probably sell some crap while I'm waiting to get a real job. I'll go do that. And then you, you walk in thinking you're going to be selling something cool and they're like, here are these knives. Go and sell these knives. Go forth unto the world with these knives. And sell them, and most. So that's it. It's just knives. Just knives. just It's like it's
4: like if you think about pyramid schemes, right? Like there are those, they are real pyramid schemes. Then there are like these sort of pyramid schemes, like Herbalife, right? <laughs> yes, it's like it's on, Herbalife is like on the border of being a pyramid scheme.
2: Oh god, then, like the Amway one. I lost like three people I knew in high school to that Amway scam. Right, Amway was a real pyramid
4: scheme. Um, right. Yep. Herbalife yep. is on the borderline, and Cutco Ko- is like a step under that.
2: My parents
3: were were on uh, Amway people for a a few months, I think. And then they're like, oh, (laughs) wait a second.
4: (laughs) It's like Mary Kay. Mary Kay and Tupperware, those are like the same level as Cutco.
2: You know what's on the upswing? I'm not going to say who, but I knew a number of middle-aged ladies who did this. There's a company that sells sex toys... Through Tupperware party style, basically it's Cutco of sex toys for oh, middle-aged shit. ladies to sell to other middle-aged <laughs> ladies. <laughs> Those
5: are two I companies you don't want together. Cutco sex exactly. toys. That's like, not like a good combination. <laughs> okay, it's the, exactly the, really the, to the, the the
3: The <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the the knife guy. The knife guy is sixty-nine dollars, but that's the for the plastic one. I can't. I can't work out. There's not a link to the chrome one. I want Can't. I can't find it now. So, oh, see,
4: I actually was looking at the plastic one.
3: Oh, okay. Well, the plastic one is okay, but I was looking at the chrome one with the, like the nice stainless steel, chromy knife kind of thing. So it's like a
5: mm. uh, oh, the black one's pretty cool. It's gonna be where Luke stores all the knives he stabs those blood-filled suitcases with. On the
3: oh train.
4: yeah, the, the red <laughs> plastic one is seventy bucks. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was
3: looking at here. But like, it was one hundred and seventy euros for the chrome one in the shop nearby. But maybe I'll get maybe I'll order
1: it. Thinking does no one just get the traditional wooden block with the little sharpeners? I in? have the wooden block. I paid twenty bucks for the wooden block.
2: You don't want oh, one with a the sharper is it? You're gonna ruin your knives. No, only if you
1: put, only if you get, you know, you got to know what knife to put in there because there are knives for, you know, ser- there are sharpeners for serrated edges. There are sharpeners for the, uh, the fancy, uh, the, I forgot what it's called, but it's got like a curvy style, curvy, curvy, curvy style <laughs> uh, grain to the okay. blade on it. Uh, God, I can't. You remember. mean a? Cutler- yeah, you know what I use? No. I use a.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I mean like in the <laughs> a saber. Like a, <laughs>
2: Is this, is this? like Perhaps a, claim a hot scimitar,
3: al- <laughs> a
4: scimitar. Yeah,
3: of course. So, of I'm, course, I'm sorry of course, for totally like derailing
1: the, this conversation with like, the knife talk. <laughs> um, like the vinyl records, one must, one can only appreciate their knives if they sharpen it manually. Uh, you no, know,
2: I sharpen actually, and hone my knives manually. I bring man.
1: my
4: knives to the place where they sharpen it for me.
2: Why would you do that? Go to a place have
1: your knives sharpened. Did I understand free, that correctly?
4: because I bought the knives there. Oh. That's
1: like saying, yes, on my, way, on my way to my place of business, I stop and pay the poor lad to shine my shoes. <laughs>
2: you know what? It's <laughs> a lot like it's that archer when he's like, he tells the guys like, yeah, just leave the suit with my suit maker and the shoes with my shoemaker. And the guy's like, <laughs> you have a shoemaker? And he's like, you don't? You don't?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh. So are we done? Are we I think we're good.
0: I, I go yeah, Thanks a
4: minute.
1: lot, guys.
5: This was this is good <laughs> fun, and I'll, I'm sure I'll catch you again sometime. Not next week, yeah. But I'll be. Around I still around look in a forward to time the video. Also. I want to see a video online. I want to see Luke just walking into a train station. A bunch of people start doing something. He's gonna pull a fire alarm and then just hold up the double deuce and just and walk spray around. Blood blood everybody.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
5: I still want Actually, to see a train train carriage filling up with blood
3: and people who think they're part of one scam or like or oh, one prank. Like, we're just taking the pants off. Have
0: you
5: ever considered directing themselves. horror movies? the bad movies. guy Saw, aren't you? <laughs> it's no, old, I mean...
2: I made this as an old, old thing of the day, but there's this prank online. I don't know if you are It's called uh, A Good Night for Flying.
4: Oh, that's a good and one. That's the is, best one.
2: It, it is... It's exactly the kind of prank I love, and I think you'd enjoy it too, because it is a huge production to target one person so intimately and so well that, like, to this day, I wonder if that woman is haunted by her experience. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And this guy like, like Mike, Michael Keaton says, good night for flying. And yeah. that's, that's <laughs> when you realize what they have done.
4: Wow.
3: Oh, yeah.
1: Uh-huh.
3: I'm just saying, like, if I was going to, like, it, one of these pranks. No, it's not so much about direct. Like, okay, here's a good prank. So just to take it to the extreme, not horror. Well, it is horror. No, I won't say anything.
2: So, you've got this blood, right? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. No, let's take it. Let's take it. Because that's just, that's oh, just me freaking just, can out. But say if you get someone and they're doing say... a
3: prank. They're doing a prank and you grab them and you pull them away and you put them into a small container and you actually just put a gun against their head <laughs> and say, I don't know. What's the most horrific thing that you can say? I mean, this is like seriously.
0: Your grandma you like was good you. last night.
2: I'm no, going not, to fill this blood. No, 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 no.
3: Not your grandma was good last night. Okay. I have your grandmother here. Either. You have to have sex with your own grandmother right now, or I kill your grandmother. That's that's the kind of level that you need to take disturbing prank to impress. Grandma, me, you've think, lived
1: a long true. life. It was great knowing you.
4: Uh, <laughs> yeah. Let's hope I never get pranked by Luke Burridge. Because <laughs> yeah, <true>. Luke, <laughs> Luke, you need to,
1: Luke, Luke. Honestly, you need to come over to L.A. I will introduce you to some people, and uh, you can you can make a pitch for a horror movie and. Um,
2: And not one person in this whole conversation just brought up Christopher Walken's tire iron prank.
1: Mm,
0: I don't
2: know that one. I don't know that either. Well, I'll just leave that out there then. It's a classic SNL bit I've seen. To the Googles. (laughs) So as a takeaway for
1: all you wonderful listeners out there who have endured the uh, bloodbath, literally, Luke has has
3: proposed... No, I think the the Um, grandmother sex or death dilemma is not is not a bloodbath.
2: Luke, on Sunday, God's gonna be like, I heard you didn't like my prank.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Mm. Uh, Good night, everybody. See you later.
2: Good night. (laughs) On (laughs) with.